like that one head hoe in charge i mean we could put it on a business card h-h-i-c doesn't sound the same as like h-b-i-c you're right you're right you gotta think what flows the best on the email signature you know what what, what kind of what kind of titles i'm sorry i don't have an email signature um it just says sent from an iphone <laughs> <laughs> so i always delete that it's merch and wretch is that still a thing yeah mercury yeah, uh-huh. retrograde it makes sense i'm not gonna lie i did start writing a poem yesterday morning i'm writing about you know the connection between Y2K and mental illness. People want to say Y2K didn't happen, but oh, okay. what if it did? Okay, Mercury can be I wasn't, wretch. I wasn't stoned, and when you I can wrote still this. be stoned. I wasn't stoned when I wrote this. If one of you bastards tries to steal my idea, I've already started writing this poem. Don't. I don't think you have anything to worry about. No, it's a good idea. It's a good idea if you would actually listen to it. Today, shall we do a weather dealio? It's hot out there, boys. It is hot. 101. What? That's your high today. Sunshine and heat. A stray shower or thunderstorm, maybe. Just keep your hopes alive. Winds out of the southwest, 10 to 20 MPHs. That UV index on a scale of 1 to 10. Kitty, what is it? A 10? It should be. It's a 9? It's still a 9. It's still a 9. Even the the temperature says, hey, I'm 10 plus 1. It's 101. Your sunset tonight, 843. This evening, 80 degrees. A waxing gibbous moon. I've been getting all sorts of notifications, emails, you know, from this apartment, from my old apartment, and they're all like, excessive heat, blah, blah, blah. It ain't no joke. Stay hydrated. Eat food, too. I don't think people will realize that in the summer, you can't just drink water. Like, you have to have you gotta have snacks. I used to work Rockfest every year. Yeah, that's brutal. We put that bad boy on and you would see him go down like flies. Hey. It was hard to watch. Don't Ooh. be that guy. It was always a guy. Don't be that guy or gal. You know, you gotta build in some of these water breaks. Yeah. The hydration stations. In fact, let me go ahead and pull up this heat advisory. We got a heat advisory in effect tonight until 8 p.m. Heat index up to 105. Oh, I work until 7. What, I, what am I supposed to wear today? Like, it's, it's fine. Because, like, yesterday, I wore I wore high-waisted bell-bottoms, so jeans that can cover as much leg as possible, I wore those. And then I wore, like, a, like a long-sleeved crop top that tied in the middle. So, like, yeah, my, my lower back and my stomach. No, you made it work. They you were, absolutely they were made it work. They out, but... Yeah. I was sweating when I got in my car. See, I sacrificed for the look. Beauty is pain. I'm going to go out there with a suit today. And I'm going to sweat my ass off. I but do. you know what? I'm going to sell it, The baby. fact that you just said I'm that. I'm sell I'm it, like, baby. In the winter, it's always a hoe never gets cold. But in the summer, it's a bitch don't sweat. I don't know. Because I be sweating. <laughs> That's it right there. A hoe never gets cold in the winter. But listen, in the summer, I be sweating. Saturday, 97 and partly cloudy. Sunday, 97. 
and partly cloudy. Monday, 73 and some showers. We'll get to that later. That right there, your weather. Delio. Casey Morning Show. KC Morning Show. Who are they? KC Morning Hoes. The KC Morning Hoes. And this is your HCIC, baby. HCIC. Head. Oh, oh, yeah. I meant ho. Oh. What was I thinking? Oh, kitty. Head cat. <laughs> That's it. Cat. Cat, not the other one. You say kitty. My God, it's a Friday show. It is still a family show. Happy Friday. Yippee fry. Yay. Friday show. KCMS 20. You know what that means. Charlie Hustle, baby. 20% off in stores, online. Get it while it's hot. I got a bunch of new collaborations coming out, too. It's hot. Go get it. They're sending me some stuff. I got to take some pics and some stuff. Yeah. I will accept that responsibility. Charles, yeah. selfie stick. People still use those. Got one of those ring lamps. I'm really. You're so fake because that's my selfie stick and my ring lamp. What's yours is mine. What's mine is ours. And it doesn't matter. The kids today, the youth, we, I'm making myself, I'm including myself. Hey, we me too. Self- hey, me too. I'm a youth. Okay, heart I'm still, a youth. Yeah. All right. Heart sure too. Uh, we use self-timer around here. That is something you did bring in my life. Self-timer is lit. I never did use the self-timer. I didn't use it enough. Self timer is honestly like my, my best friend that gets my angles. And I'm like, oh, I love me. And you got to find your angles. Always. Mm-hmm. If there's any wisdom we can impart to you today, Kansas City, find your angles. Find your angles. Know your angles. Don't let nobody hold you back from finding your angle. Yeah. Don't let anyone tell you what your angle is because mm-hmm. people, they love to watch you not succeed. They love to block you out. Friends love to take photos where they look good mm-hmm. and you don't mm-hmm. don't let that happen to you this summer don't be cropped don't out get cropped. this summer kansas city we will not be cropped kansas city is that the episode we will not be cropped out stack show we got so many friends joining us on the show today janae manley she's an organizer with the kc tenants it went so well so pumped for y'all to listen to that sean edwards fox 4 film critic kc morning show film critic he talks to natalie emmanuel A.K.A. Melisande from Game of Thrones. She's also an F9. We have a new show, me and Sean. It's called Watch This. I put the episodes in our feeds on Thursdays, but you can also subscribe to that show. We'll post some exclusive content, whatever. <laughs> Look at me. I sound like such a tool. But we got like John Cena this week. So. Get a Patreon. We should because the names that we have yeah, already. Why would you do that for free? We you got get Mary J. Blige. Get a Patreon for Mary J. Blige. Kevin Hart was on the show with us this week. Yeah. So you can listen to that in our uh, KC Patreon. Morning Show feeds. <laughs> Coming soon to Patreon, obviously. We're going to get a Patreon and a TikTok. The TikTok thing we really do need to We're start. doing it all. 2021 Who is. Who is doing all this? Who? Me. me. You're going to figure it out. I'll figure that. Baby, I love you, but you have the least amount of stick to More than me, which I got to give you credit for that. Way more than I have. But we have to be self-aware in the new normal. We can both do it. <laughs> How's that? Look at you. Now you're recruiting. <laughs> Kitty, shall we do some news? Let's do it. Friday, June 18th. Let's do that news. In other news, this city needs its news. News team, assemble. Let's go, let's go. My name's Hartzel, that's Kitty, and this right here, this is a news break. Take a little break with the news. Just break it off. There's like some lines right there. You can just break it right in the middle. It's real nice. On your Fridays, Kitty, she uh, she takes the headlines that were. She styles them. She pr- 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 profiles them. She throws them back at you. 
late. She and spits it back. I out. specifically, if y'all saw yesterday's Throwback Thursday, I said <laughs> this Friday freestyle coming in hot. It better. It's coming in at 101 degrees. Because that TBT came in real hot. A little hotter than I would have liked to have trod it on a Thursday. Yeah. On the social media. Thanks yeah. for that. Kitty. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, your boy looked good, but I just would have liked it maybe a heads up. What happened to that dude? Those traps. God damn, I miss those traps. Ugh. Yeah, but your face, you, I can tell you. I missed that ass also. Do you see that little cake you, coming out? You look like the, with the bald head <laughs> and that stern face, um, you look like Vern, the turtle from over the hedge when he loses <laughs> his shell. That's what you look like. Yeah, see, I wasn't having fun with it. If I could go back and tell that, that strapping young black man, you know, when you're doing photo shoots guy you gotta have fun with it because that would have been i was I, 18 i've never seen you make that kind of stern face in a photo again and i'm like i know you know how to smize i didn't know what i was doing back then i was a baby that was 18 year old me i still make that face in photos going into college nothing but clear eyes full heart soul can't lose see what no, i did there? I got yeah, it. that boy was jacked oh i'm sorry back to you fridays on your kc morning show kitty's about to slam it back at you are you ready miss kitty yes a five six seven kitty break them up a yippee friday and another hot ass day so take a break here's your cue let's do the news i'm kitty on the beats and tomorrow's juneteenth a federal holiday but what does it mean if we keep banning the teachings of history at least in KC, we have the Negro Leagues team. Monarchs just needed a name change and new logo to get back their mojo. Ayo. Now they're on a streak winning games every week. Can't stop, won't stop. Let's get that ring. And before I go, I just want to throw some light and a disc on the psycho couple that is Mr. and Mrs. McGrosky. <laughs> they pled guilty to misdemeanor charges, but trust, they are not sorry. Come next election, watch for the battle and move down the list. Do not vote for this piece of shit. Ayo! Thank you, farewell. Catch me in the streets or I'll see you in hell. <laughs> That's kidding. With that Friday freestyle. Ooh, look at you. Just calling them out. Can I, can I uh, assume they don't have your votes? Mr. McCloskey, I'm guessing he doesn't have your vote for no, Senate. No, nah, not no, so much. I'm sorry. They are so ugly. <laughs> Let's do this. Go According to the New York Times, Missouri and Kansas have the second and fifth highest increases in the percentage of new COVID-19 cases nationwide so far this month, and hospitalizations in the Kansas City area are creeping up. Across the nation, much attention is being given to the new Delta variant. According to experts at the University of Kansas Health System, the Delta variant is a concern here at home. We do understand what is circulating in the community, and the vast majority of that is the UK or the Alpha variant. But we know that the Delta variant or the Indian variant uh, is quickly catching up. Dr. Hawkinson says it could become even more prevalent. Some believe the Delta variant could be more infectious and make people sicker. Hawkinson says there have been variants circulating since last spring, and as the pandemic evolves, there will likely be more. But he says there is one simple way to protect yourself, and that's by getting vaccinated. But there is a large group that is still unvaccinated, and they are going to continue to be at risk of disease of severe disease, of getting long COVID and all of those problems that come with it. But we are seeing more and more younger patients now needing hospitalization and have to go to the ICU and developing problems that could be 100% preventable 
if they were to get vaccinated. An estimated 41.7% of Kansas City residents have now received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Jackson County's at 39.9, Clay 33.7, Cass 34.1, and Platt County 29.6. That's not good. Like, I know we were for a while saying, hey, like, hey, you know, we're going to get there. This oh, is, my God, we're going to get there. This is encouraging. And then you go out in these public spaces, you know, no shade. But I really don't believe that 100% of these people well, going out and doing these not. things. Of course God. Not. And I can't get mad at folks anymore because that's just an exercise in insanity. So I'm now just going to focus my anger into what I'm hoping doesn't happen, but I'm worried will this Delta thing in the fall for folks who aren't vaxxed, like this is going to be another spike. Like this is going to take y'all out. Come on, let's get to it. Pick up the pace. I'm, I am an all state track coach. What's my line? I'll get these folks pumped up. You know my line. You don't, you don't run, run what? You don't you run, don't to, run the to the line. the line. You run through it. You run through the line, ladies and gentlemen. Is that how you used to say it? Are you talking back to me, son? You got a little lip on you? Hey, give me a lap. Give me a lap. Oh, oh, you got you got the giggles. Oh, you got the giggles too. I make it two. Giggle with two laps. I could not run a single lap right now. <laughs> Same, to be honest with you. <laughs> KC is hot. We got to stay cool. Because it's dangerously hot. It's exhausting. It's just kind of draining. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It came out of nowhere, really. No matter how you put it, it's hot out there. Just got the kids out from school and decided that because it's hot, you know, let them cool off. The Zubia family got some relief at Gillum Park as their three kids, along with several others, played in a splash pad to escape the sizzling heat. I don't want to pay the water bill with the sprinkler, so I prefer <laughs> to come out and enjoy the uh, water the city's providing for sure. The Mid-America Regional Council Council says on ozone alert days like this to limit your outdoor activities from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. as the air pollution can cause coughing or difficulty breathing and to help reduce air pollution, carpool or ride the bus. I made a tweet about this the other day. Got in trouble for making said tweet. We need to be yelling and screaming about what's going on with this Medicaid expansion. I mean, we voted for a thing. Like, at, at, the, at the core of what's going on, if you, have, if you have paid no attention to this, at the core of what's happening is you voted for a thing, Kansas City, Missouri, and the General Assembly, you know, your state Congress, essentially, is what it is. They said, nah, we're not going to do that. Just not going to do it. And now they're saying, well, hey, you know, maybe we will do it. But to do it, we're going to take away your health care. Women, contraceptives, birth control, plan Bs, Planned Parenthood. We're going to go ahead and take them off the table. But you got Medicaid. How's that? So now they're leveraging women's health care, our health care, to give us back a thing we already passed. It has me feeling extremely frustrated and and angry because we're we're asking for basic health care. After voters approved Medicaid expansion last year, the state general assembly did not include the funding in the state budget. Following that decision, three Missouri residents filed a lawsuit against the state to push the expansion forward. Missourians voted this into the constitution, and we have a constitutional right to be covered under Medicaid expansion. If we're, if we're eligible based on the expansion guidelines. Now, many people will be left without health care until the matter is settled in court. Nina Canalio has multiple sclerosis, works part-time, and would qualify for health care in Missouri's potential expansion. Under the provisions, more than 200,000 Missourians would qualify for coverage. That includes people ages 19 to 64 with an income level at or below 133% of the federal poverty level. That's around $17,000 for a single person or around $35,000 thousand dollars for a family of four. I worked through the entire pandemic. I cleaned public toilets, you know, in a grocery store. It's kind of a risky job. So, you know, I was like, oh, I will educate myself how I can keep myself safe. 
since I don't have insurance. And you can't both sides this. Like, this is literally the Missouri GOP and our governor. I would um, like to start a household petition to move out of Missouri. Lolita will sign. Put a little paw print on it. Yeah. We can't, though, because we got to fix it. Oh, we can't why leave. Gotta fix it? We can't be leaving. Let's just go to Georgia. They're blue for a minute. Kitty, they did it. Juneteenth is now officially a federal holiday. With the stroke of his pen, President Biden signed into law a federal holiday for an event that many Americans had never even heard of until a few years ago. This is a day of profound, in my view, profound weight and profound power. Freedom Day for American slaves, Juneteenth. And it was almost 156 years ago to the day when federal troops moved into Galveston, Texas, setting free the last remaining slaves in America who had no idea that they had been freed years before. We are gathered here in a house built by enslaved people. We are footsteps away from where President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. The first black vice president was holding the hand of the 94-year-old black woman who helped make this happen, Miss Opal Lee. President Biden thanked her today. She's marched for years trying to make Juneteenth a holiday. I'm really a little old lady in tennis shoes getting in everybody else's business. There are many who feel it's no accident that this is happening after the street protests following the murder of George Floyd and the growing conversations over race in this country. Across this nation, 16 states have recently passed new voting laws that many feel are meant to suppress the black vote. Nearly 400 similar laws have been introduced in state houses nationwide. And because this year it's, you know, tomorrow on a Saturday, today is the official federal celebration of, uh, of the holiday. Happy Juneteenth! Got ourselves another day off. Can't nobody tell me I'm doing wrong today or doing work today. This is Juneteenth for me, baby. Yeah. This is my day. I'm off tomorrow. No, not in any particular relation. I just switch shifts. June, of course, Pride Month. Happy Pride. And some really integral history in the LGBTQ community. A lot of history here in KC. What happened at the State Hotel that once stood at the corner of 12th and Wyandotte didn't go down in history like the Stonewall Riots. But rather, historians say, it laid the foundation. We are standing next to a marker that commemorates uh, the first ever gathering of national gay and lesbian civil rights leaders that took place in 1966. Many of these organizations had already been around for 15 to 20 years. They chose Kansas City because of its central location and vibrant LGBT cultural scene. And so the National Planning Conference of Homophile Organizations met during a time where you could be fired from your job, arrested for being in a bar, institutionalized for being yourself. It was just a really, really challenging time for gay men and women in this country during those two decades. And so that's why you start to see this really organized means of trying to address some of those conditions. The organizations continue to grow after the meeting. Drew Schaefer, one of the attendees, helped form the Phoenix Society for Individual Freedom in Kansas City, which created a newsletter and magazine and opened a center where people could gather. This is all three, at least three years before Stonewall. Kitty, I'm excited about this new project as mayor of the West Bottoms and now a newly appointed prime minister of Westside. We've got some new additions 
to the neighborhood. Some bike trails. I'm excited to go walk and give my blessing. Is bike trails? I shake hands and kiss babies on a bike, of course. Hey, yeah, I I want to ride bikes. This is awesome. I love this initiative, and it is headed our way. Our responsibility as a city, as a public works department, is to make sure that we have safe infrastructure for everybody to move around the city. A new West Side bicycle track is next on the public works agenda. Here at Summit and Cesar Chavez, this is where the cycle track would start and would run to State Line Road. Kansas City Public Works is currently meeting with neighborhood groups and hopes to start this project in the middle of the summer. Uh, the more important for us is that the city is willing to talk with the neighbors. Bikers will be able to ride in protected lanes covering one mile from the west side to the west bottoms and that's not all. This facility will connect to efforts happening down in KCK, Kansas City, Kansas. So the Rock Island Bridge is a huge project that some developers are working on. Our intent, this is our investment to sort of make that regional connectivity um, and we're really excited about that. KCK, the bottoms, west side, state line. It's gonna be awesome. Very exciting. Amazing. But I mean, I'm curious, how do you go from being mayor to prime minister is that prime minister like the uk's like president it is the west side's name for our leader and that's who i am and that's me okay i don't know why you're digging any deeper into it okay do you want to kiss the ring or no come on get out of here come on ouch stop kitty the negro leagues have some new merch out the negro league streetwear and this is slick if i pitch can you catch the history of negro leagues baseball but will teens buy it Teens may be caught up in today and tomorrow, but not necessarily yesterday. I think we always felt like young people didn't care about history. I never believed that. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick on a new collection of what's called streetwear. How much of an appeal does the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum brand have with what you might consider your target demographic? I think a lot. That's Andrew Dowis, CEO of Pro Athlete Inc., selling baseball bats and gloves and now Negro Leagues baseball-themed clothing, hoodies, T-shirts, and hats, all inspired by the stories of the Negro Leagues. And what Andrew's line does is it makes it relevant. It makes history cool. And, And that's a great thing. The selling of the items is kind of the secondary part. Telling the stories of the Negro Leagues was kind of what started the whole thing. Stories which are shared on the same website as the clothing on sale. Totally unscripted. He had his crew come in. We sat down and he turned the camera on and said, Bob, just start telling stories. And people are increasingly falling in love with stories. I think it's just been really cool to see. And I now walk around and see people repping our stuff, but... You know, the Negro Leagues, you know, is, is kind of everywhere right now. You can make a home Kitty, the results are in. I'm not sure how they put this together. I would not sign up for this task. All 24 Pixar movies ranked according to therap.com. Are you curious to hear what they put together? Yeah, I'd like to know if their list matches mine. I'll go ahead and give you the top five. How's okay, that? Okay, yeah. At number five, 1995, Toy Story, the original. The one that started it all and kickstarted a whole new way of making cartoons. What a good, good movie. At number four, 2003, Finding Nemo. I love Finding Nemo. I told you, um, when I was young and Finding Nemo came out, my dad was obsessed with it. Like, obsessed. We watched Finding Nemo, like, every day for, like, 100 days straight. The parable about the push and pull of parent-child dependency offers some of Pixar's finest blending of both adventure and comedy. Which is so funny to think about now because I'm like, 
dude just was trying to, you know, find a good movie to relate. And that's he, why he loved he it really so related much. to Marlin. That's so sad. At number three, 1999, Toy Story 2. Okay. At number two, The Incredibles, 2004, probably the greatest superhero movie ever made that's not based on pre-existing characters from other mediums, according to the rap. Ooh, okay, that got some hot takes on the rap.com. Hey, the Incredibles killed it. And number one, I can't argue against this, number one, Toy Story 3, 2010, Andy goes off to college. I've never cried harder in a movie theater in my life. Me and Andy were kind of cool. Up at number 17, Ratatouille, 16. Let's yeah. see here. Some more Monsters, Inc. at 20. Really? Oh, man, that would have been my top five. I'm excited for that new movie, Luca. That looks really cute. The little fish boys. That's nice. It's hot in KC. Maybe this is a way we can, you know, beat the heat. Some naked skydiving. You down for that? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I'm as naked as can be right now. I'm ready to jump for charity. See how much money we can raise to really help the men's lives out there that need it today. I know this is wild and crazy. It's what I love to do. I'll see you from the sky in a minute. I've always wanted to go skydiving. Naked skydiving, though, sounds... um. How do I put this? Like sunburn in all the wrong spots? Yeah, it's just another thing to worry about. Yeah, I'm sorry. As I'm falling out of the plane. As I'm falling out of a plane, I don't think I want a bug to go somewhere it should not, you know? And finally, Kitty, I can't think of a more Midwestern marriage, a more Kansas way to do a proposal. Storm chasing. Amazing. We were talking back and forth about good scenarios to propose and seeing our first tornado, I think, was going to be the right moment. We drove six hours out to southeast Colorado and found the one storm that decided that it wanted to spin and produce something. If anybody's trying to replicate that proposal, work with a good meteorologist. Just be safe. Watch out for the lightning uh, and watch out for the, the giant squirrely thing that you're getting to, to get in the background. Nothing, you know, nothing screams love like, you know, a funnel cloud. Nothing touching says the ground. spend forever with me unless forever is in the next five seconds. That's beautiful. You're listening to the KC Morning Show. Janae Manley, she is a organizer with the KC Tenants. They are just doing some incredible, amazing, necessary work here in Kansas City. And, and you're doing it for all of us. And in this new normal, I hope that we don't forget that. You know, who are we doing all this for? It should be for us, the people. And I cannot think of a group that is more centered on us than the KC Tenants. Janae Manley, welcome to the KC Morning Show. Thank you so much for being here. And I would love just to hear how all this got started. Start from the beginning and then let us know how we got here in this moment. Well, thank you so much for having me, Hartwell. Um, I'm Janae Manley. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm an organizer and leader with KC Tenants. Specifically, I organize with our North Star crew who are doing just that, building for our North Star, which is housing, safe, accessible, and affordable housing for poor and working class tenants across Kansas City. Two and a half years of organizing Kansas City, we started with the Tenant Bill of Rights campaign, really talking about accountability of this city and making sure that tenants have rights and they are protected. And we've been organizing for that, not just since the Tenant Bill of Rights were won, but also after that. We've been fighting for the Office of the Tenant Advocate for a year now, trying to make sure it gets fully funded. We've done a lot of tenant defense because tenants are getting evicted in the middle of a pandemic, and we believe that every eviction is an act of violence. So that's probably what you have seen most of. But in the background, we have spent months and months and months researching and laying the groundwork and strategy for what a housing trust fund looks like that is written for the people and by the people, because we believe that the people closest to the problem are closest to the solution. 
and we've come up with our solution and it is a people's housing trust fund and that's what we are going to be talking about at our rally on june 26th at gabriel tower where one of the strongest tenant unions i have ever seen is built so i absolutely want to dig into that the housing trust that you've all come up with but can we back up just a little bit you said something i think is so important you may have saw the banner on 71 every eviction is an act of violence can you break that down for us yeah, I mean, the threat of eviction causes people to be in crisis the day that they are threatened with it. And then it is constant crisis beyond that. I have spent <laughs> every month for years wondering how I'm going to pay the rent so I won't be evicted. So the idea of being evicted is violence. It creates trauma within our households. It makes it so that we can't show up in the world the way we should be able to. And then tenants are actively evicted. They are displacing families. They are displacing mothers and children and so many of us. That comes with landlord harassment. It comes with police showing up at your door. It comes with having to change your kids' schools and then living in cars and in shelters trying to get by. It's through and through from the beginning to the end an act of violence we believe that yes during a pandemic it's not okay to evict anybody but also it's not okay to be evicted ever we need to stop putting profit before people's lives and we know that people can't be safe unless they have a home period okay so with all that context in mind you said you've all now developed this this housing trust this tenants bill of rights break that down for us so the tenant bill of rights is like the basic rights of what a tenant should have in any city right and tenants have known that their rights are being violated throughout time. Now, the Tenant Bill of Rights, the goal of it is to name what our rights are and creating the Office of the Tenant Advocate to have our city actually fight for tenants to create a space where we can go and say that we are dealing with harassment. We are living in unsafe conditions. Our landlords are exploiting us and we want somebody in our city to actually be fighting for us instead of just allowing us to live like this. It's not okay. The Office of the Tenant Advocate, it's just a space that is created to really fight for tenants. And up until this point, it has not been fully funded. We won the funding on March 26th of 2021 to get that office fully funded. But now we want to see it fighting for tenants. And that fight is about accountability, but we also want affordability, right? Like, and that's what a People's Housing Trust Fund is about. We've gotten our accountability. We want the Office of the Tenant Advocate to hold bad landlords accountable, but we also want to live in affordable housing and not through rental assistance, but through long-term systematic change that will allow us to be able to live in our homes, not just for our lives, but for the generations behind us. So Janae, who's getting in our way? I mean, we know who's in the way. The profiteers, they're holding us hostage and their profits and their properties are prioritized over our lives. And this prioritization happens through our city's budget, through tax incentives, through abatements and so much more. And that forces us to live in squalor. We know that tenants are being harassed by their landlords. We also know that they're being stalked and harassed in our homes by the police. They are constantly over-policing our communities, which makes us feel unsafe in our homes. It makes it so that, like, for instance, the crime-free multi-housing unit is an entire unit that is built to stalk and harass tenants in their homes and then send landlords recommendations as to why and how they should evict tenants from their homes. That's a real thing that's happening right now. Yes. So it's a real thing. There are 10 full-time police officers that stalk and harass tenants in different apartment complexes across the city and then tell their landlords how and why they should evict them from their home. You know, I see when you all make tweets and the backlash you get, it just doesn't make any sense to me because these are our folks. Like we should be all trying to get our folks the help that they need. I mean, honestly, the rights that they're they're owed, but we've been sold such a bill of goods for so long that we got folks that are defending the institution that is oppressing us. So I guess how do we get to the point now where we can reclaim that time looking out for our people, not the profits like you're saying? How do we get 
to that point? I mean, we really believe the people closest to the problem are closest to the solutions. And that's who should be leading these conversations. Tenants, poor and working class tenants across this city are the ones who know the solutions to our problems because we've been living them. So let's not make theories about people's lives when we have lived experience that can tell us how to solve these problems. Stop making time for profiteers to come into these conversations and tell us how to make more money for them. And instead start talking to the people who are actually living in Kansas City and trying to survive in this city and have been making it and pushing through all of the obstacles that are in our way, we have the solutions to our lives. We just need to actually be in charge of those solutions. We know that a housing trust fund should be there to help not only myself, but like I said, the generations to come. But that means that we can't have band-aid solutions that prioritize developers. And our People's Housing Trust Fund is built on the values and needs and voices of us, poor and working class tenants in this city. The people who should be and must benefit the most, ensuring that we are at the table leading the charge. A People's Housing Trust Fund is centered by lived experience. And that's how we change things. You all have events going on and call to actions all the time. And they are all so vital. And, you know, this is how you make a moment a movement. Where can we go to get more involved just to, to help out and help amplify the work that you're doing on the ground? Yeah, um, you're right. We do have a lot of call to actions all of the time because we are constantly living in a state of crisis. And it's important to show up to those, but also showing up to like our solutions, right? Not just our moments in crisis, but like our demands to change things. And for that, I would say come to our rally on June 26th. It's at noon at Gabriel Tower, which is at 16th and Jackson. We will be putting out our vision for a People's Housing Trust Fund and really talking about long-term systemic change in Kansas City and what it looks like to take money from our oppressors and really invest that in our communities so that we can heal from the harms that have been done to us. Janae, if you don't mind me asking, this is something that I can feel it through the interview, like that you're, you're passionate about this. You're not just someone who's, you know, a part of a club. This is a part of who you are. You know, why this moment? Why now for you? Um, I mean, honestly, I've been working with KC Tenants since October of 2019. I started out because I had I was forced between a situation of living with my abuser and paying the rent. I have two kids, twins, their names are Lily and Avery. And since they were born, we've been living in a state of constant crisis. And I'm tired. You know, at the beginning of COVID-19, I was working on the overnight with my abuser and the numbers of domestic violence were going up. I left my abuser in order to survive that situation and still ended up abused. I know that all of that came from not being able to pay the rent. I never would have had to choose between my abuser and housing had rent been affordable from the jump. Had there been a people's housing trust fund, my kids wouldn't have had to watch me live through an entire crisis of COVID dealing with the traumas of abuse and the traumas of working overnights while they're sitting at home and I don't get to sleep. If the rent wasn't so high, if we had solutions that were long-term systemic solutions so that we could take care of our families and make sure that we were okay. So I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of constantly wondering if me and my babies are going to be okay. And I know that the solutions lie within me and the people who are actually showing up and living these real experiences. And we have them. And I work with a group of so many leaders who are directly impacted by this. And every time we get on a base call, it is so clear to me that the solutions lie within us. And there's no one else that I would want to see at the table other than poor and working class tenants like me who have constantly been fighting these battles on their own. A collective battle is so much more fruitful. I think that the collective power that we've built in the last year, in the last two years, has changed the city and the way that we see private property and how that works. We the people need to reckon with the reality that our money is being used against us to coat the pockets of our oppressors and that's not right and it's time for a people's housing trust fund and we are here to say that we're not going anywhere 
until you give us what we actually need. And that is our lives over their profits every day. You're preaching, my friend, and y'all are doing the Lord's work, the people's work. And I so appreciate it. We all appreciate it. Janae Manley, she's an organizer with the KC Tenants. We've got a tenant reckoning event coming up June 26th, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. One more time, Janae, give us those details so we can get everybody out there. Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook event for this, but the time is June 26th from 12 to 1.30 at Gabriel Tower. That's at 16th and Jackson. And it'll be not this Saturday, but next Saturday, June 26th, 12 to 1.30. Janae, thank you so much for being on the show. I cannot wait to get you back on because we could chat for hours. You all just are inspiring and you are the best of us. And I cannot wait to see everyone out there June 26th. If I'm free, I'm going to be there. So my friend, thank you so much. And please, please let us keep chatting because we need more of these conversations. Awesome. Well, I hope to see you there. It's going to be powerful, beautiful, and with a drum line. We got the drum line too. Oh, Janae, I'm sold. Say no more. Yes. Let's go. If there's one thing that I found is as true as the sunrise, it's that I like being on there with hot sauce. The KC Morning Show. I get it. Y'all got a lot in common. Computer hacks, God's eye, geeks, nerd, you know. But we got a lot in common too, right? Like what? We walk in the room and we're oozing sex appeal. Me and you hip to hip is a problem. I'm asking a real question right now. Is it gonna be Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Eh? To be honest, I like both of you. But just before we get into all of that, let me ask you one question. You can ask me anything. Anything. What's my last name? When you guys figure it out, then I guess you can let me know. It's gonna be Parker. That's that, that's all that really matters. Jones, Mrs. Uh, Parker. Hey, right? Miss Parker. Look at you. You look stunning. You look like you're you ready to jump in that car behind you and drive as fast as you possibly can. Well, just, yes. I, I would jump in it and maybe crash it because I don't drive, but yeah. <laughs> you got to get your license. It's fun driving. I know. It's time. I know. It's so, it's, I know. Like, you know, I know. I know, but, but, but. <laughs> But but you're 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 from you're from the UK, so there's really no need, right? Well, people obviously drive here, but I live in London. You know, I just it's much quicker to get on the tube. It's just I, yeah, like there's so much traffic because it's not like in the states where you have wide roads and lots of lanes. Like we have small roads and less lanes and just as many cars. So I don't, um, yeah, I don't particularly want to sit in traffic. So I much would rather walk or jump on the bus or the tube or whatever. So, and it's laziness. It's also, it's like laziness, getting, getting off my butt and finally just doing it. Right. So how much do you giggle to yourself that you're a part of this global franchise? It's all about fast cars and you don't drive. I think that's hilarious. I think it's hilarious too. And um, yeah, like it makes me giggle often. (laughs) And I don't know, I think there's a part of me that's a little bit proud at this point that I've done three movies about, you know, fast cars. And I'm like, yes, I don't drive. No, I think that's totally cool. I think, you should, I think you should. I think you should keep it that way and never, ever, ever, ever drive. But the cool part I do like about this franchise is uh, this franchise has done one thing that I think benefits a lot of people, and these movies basically work as a cinematic passport because you guys shoot all over the world. And I want to find out from you what's the most favorite location where you film and why. 
Ooh, um, well, often a lot of the filming in the kind of different locations, I'm not a part of always. It's often um, uh, just our kind of stunt unit go there and do all the stunts and no, stuff. And we shoot no. different. Yeah, but but I actually got to go to Abu Dhabi in number seven. And um, and then I've shot in Atlanta before. And I love Atlanta. Like, it's one of my favorite cities that I've spent time in. I've shot maybe like, I think I've shot like four movies there now. And I just think it's such an amazing city. And um, I, I would happily shoot there again. Um, what do you, you love know, so much about anything. it? What do you love so much about the Southern hospitality, the culture? You got a chance to hang out with Ludacris. Yeah, it's what makes it special. Uh, well, obviously, Ludacris being from Atlanta makes it special. But I mean, it's it's. I think that there is just such a cool vibe, and like there's music and food, and that kind of like you say that Southern hospitality. And I don't know. It's like Atlanta's got this. It's, it feels like a city, but it's also got this like green and like space, and it's pretty it's like it's crazy like I think it's just a lovely lovely place and I feel really at home there I feel really at home when I walk around I just think it's great you were awesome in the movie I really love that breakdown of Atlanta I actually went to college or university <laughs> as you call it there so um, oh, cool. I, I 100% agree with you but thank you have fun you never can. ever drive though I think that's really cool thanks a lot <laughs> to the track no outs to go the Royals have won the 1985 World Series. The KC Morning Show. Sports. Let's do a sports thing. Sports Illustrated's very own Benny Heist. We've been doing this now, Benny and I, for nearly a year. And since we have done this sports thing, we have, you know, dare I say, broken some news. We've for sure gotten ahead of some stories. All of our Chiefs takes that you did. The gambling insight from Benny Heist. Also, we talked about that Naomi Osaka story before anybody else did. We also, just last time we spoke, for sure nailed the Madden cover with the GOATs, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. I'm just saying, if you want to go to the place that tells you the things you need to know, the sports space, it's right here on the KC Morning Show with my guy, Benny Heist. That's why I would always rather talk to you, Benny Heist, than anybody else. I've talked to John Cena this week, talked to Kevin Hart. I would still rather talk to you, baby boy, Benny Heist. Wow. First of all, that is an incredible praise. Not just for the fact that you'd rather talk to me than that of John Cena or Kevin Hart. Because... You know, I, I think the bulk of people would probably say, listen, you know, Benny, you're a good dude. You know, you treat us well. You come on. You give some takes. We have a lot of back and forth. And that's still Kevin Hart and John Cena. Those are two of the biggest stars, not just in the country, but in the world. And yet here you are telling me via phone to phone that you'd rather talk to me like that. Just warms my hard heart. So, I'm, like, you might be playing me up a little bit, but I think we've built up enough of a relationship to the point where, like, you wouldn't bullshit me. Like, I think you actually mean it. And, like, I'm kind of stunned. Like, I'm speechless, man. It feels good. It feels good on a Friday. If this was MySpace, Benny, you would be number one in my top eight. <laughs> number one. And that is the that's, highest that's of praises. A, that's a beautiful thing. And, and, and to your point, too, about us sort of being ahead of some of these stories, I, I, I just think we're looking for the interesting. Like, I, I heard a buddy of mine, Matt Spiegel, who does a show in Chicago with uh, our, our former buddy, Danny Parkins, yeah. who used to work here in Kansas City. And they were, they were talking about, like, have you been following all this crazy stuff in baseball with, like, the sticky stuff? It's basically been... An accepted, um, unwritten rule where they were doing it for a while to get a better grip on the ball. And hitters were fine with that because they're like, all right, you're throwing 
98-99, I'd rather you have a better idea of where that ball's going as opposed to right into my face, into my eye hole. And so <laughs> they were they were cool with it. And then they started to go on besides sort of the, the rosin and sunscreen, which is sort of traditionally used, into something called spider tech. And, and SI and, and Steph Abstein and Alex Pruitt, who are two of our outstanding uh, baseball writers and editors, have done a, a marvelous job reporting on this story. Uh, and getting a lot of these details. But basically what's happened in baseball is that the spin rate from these pitchers using this stuff has gotten the ball to spin more revolutions than they ever have. And so hitters can't, they can't pick up the ball. So like you go to a baseball game now, there's like 13, 14 strikeouts on both sides. Nobody puts the ball in play. Baseball's starting to get more boring. I, I bring this all up because Matt Spiegel talked about how he's the romantic of the game. Like, he loves baseball. He wanted to come in and do a show and talk about, like, what you saw on the field. He feels like he just hasn't been able to do that for the last month in baseball because the story has been so ongoing. More players are cheating. More players are trying to game the system. There's, there's no way around it anymore. And I guess my question to you is, like, do we even give a shit anymore? Like, do we, do we just want baseball to be entertaining? And if the players happen to cheat, if we start to see things that we've never seen before, like, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And, and I guess the answer is, I don't really know. Like, I don't think that's going to... I think as long as games are being played and your team is good because of the localization of baseball, I think that's kind of what ultimately matters, right? I think we also, Benny, we've got to have a we got to have a reckoning with this whole gentleman's agreement, these gentleman rules of baseball that we feel are so vital to the tradition of the game for reasons. I think that it's something that we've got to tackle because it's something that I know both sides probably don't like because on the management side, these gentleman agreements have kept them in power. But also on the player's side, I think they like the whole tradition of that. We're going to throw it to you when you threw it our guy first, you know, that they, they all knew that the guys were juicing in the 90s. But they didn't tell nobody because that's part of the culture. Even now, I feel like as we're going through this pitching thing, when you saw the folks juicing, you're like, oh, my God, these guys are going to die. Their heart will actually explode. When you hear stuff about putting pine tar on a ball, you think it's more, you know, gamesy tactics instead of detriment to your health, which I think is another reason why we don't take this as seriously. So I think how you handle all that is we got to talk about these gentlemen agreements. I I think you're spot on. And just to give another sort of concrete example here. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Levitar show. When I'm not listening to Hartzell and the Casey Morning Show, uh, I will occasionally tune in to... Yeah, there you go. I, I've done this for a few years. My guy, Benny uh, Hartz. My guy. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm a fan of the Levitar show, and every week they bring on a guy by the name of David Sampson. David Sampson was the uh, Florida, then Miami Marlins president guy that was overseeing all the different operations. And I've never heard anybody talk as candidly about all the shady stuff that's going on inside Major League Baseball, inside their own organization, the way that David does. He's just, a, you know, they, they call him a fountain of content because every time he comes on, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. He basically said, like, yes. Every team is doing that. We tried to do it. And, you know, as long as we weren't breaking and inherently breaking any specific rules and knew that every other team was doing it, it was about trying to one-up the other team to make sure that we could get away with it. The question is, how do you become the best at it without ultimately violating all the rules and getting caught? And so this is... But this goes back to a wide variety of topics. You mentioned the unwritten rules of the game. At some point, Either you find a way to actually enforce the rules if you care about player safety. Maybe that's something that the players' union has to go ahead and bring up. Like, give up a home run and a player pimps it, you know, that, let it go. Get him out next time. And then if you strike him out, go ahead and celebrate. Do a dance on the mound. Like, baseball should be fun. 
I remember a player hit a home run in Japan, and all the players from the dugout came up to celebrate and him a stuffed teddy bear. Like, do you realize what would happen if that happened in the U.S.? A pitcher would freak out. Someone would say, well, that's not happening when I'm on the mound. Or a manager would come out and call him out and say, oh, that's not respecting the game. Man, get the hell out of here with this stuff. Go and enjoy. Go celebrate. That's what sports should be about. I love it. We go back. We get all the, all those old beanie babies that are just collecting <laughs> dust in the closet. And after no, every... No, you gotta sell those. You got beanie babies left, man. Go and see if there's a market. People are buying baseball cards, NFTs. You got beanie babies. With, like My problem was I had some expensive beanie babies that like turned out to... Or not, they weren't expensive at the time, but they turned out that they could have gotten me a lot of money. And so... I I, you know, I've made some made some bad decisions in my life. And think about that. Think about if Kauffman Stadium partnered up with uh, who does Beanie Babies? Ty, Ty, I, I think it's Ty. Ty. If they partnered with Kaufman and after every Salvi dong, we're throwing out Beanie Babies. Oh come on, Benny! We would go viral. That is Can that's a a Beanie Babies with... saved baseball, Benny. If you threw a Beanie Baby from Kaufman Stadium and it hit a player, would it hurt? It's not like. You know, dropping a penny off of, you know, the Empire State Building, which could kill somebody. But like, if you threw a Beanie Baby and then, like, gravity took it down from that high, do you think anyone would actually get hurt? There's no crying in baseball, Benny. Come on. What's what's so bad about a Beanie Baby to the, to the face? I'm sure there's, like, a dog or a monkey or an elephant. Like, you probably just name an animal and there was a Beanie Baby for it. But I don't, I don't remember the names of it. Oh, the moose beanie baby would have been amazing. The See, moose. now we're just missing out. See, let's not waste any more opportunities, Kaufman. Uh, let's do this. Beanie yeah, babies. just makes his turn. You throw a moose out there. Like, that would have been great. Let's not waste any more time on this. We now have got it figured out. Benny and Hartstall, okay. we've saved baseball. And what is the solution? <laughs> beanie babies. Done. Beanie babies. Sports yeah. is easy. <laughs> Don't get beaned. Get beanie babies. Benny Heisler. Sports Illustrated's Benny Heisler. We'll talk next week, baby. Let's go to the bank. Let's go. Morning show. Kitty, Kitty, good show. Damn good show. Busy show, but I like that. It's a Friday show. Fridays are always Friday. busy. Are we getting busy on Friday night? Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, what's that uh, KC morning buzz? Well, girl? you know, our friends at Worlds of Fun, they are still hiring. Yeah. Still hiring. They never stopped. So if you need a summer job or you know someone who needs a summer job, go work at Worlds of Fun. It's Worlds of Fun. It's Worlds of Opportunity. And guess what? They ain't going to turn you down like they did me. <laughs> I don't know why. They just had too many applicants back in the day. That's but. what it was. Yeah. Different time back then. A totally different, different time back different then. Different world. You know. We'll see you there. Father's Day is this weekend. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I need to take care of that. You gotta. Because, you know, Pops is not the, he's not the type where you can just kind of miss this thing. Nope. If I forgot Father's Day, he would take it as a personal, a personal affront to the institution of fatherhood. I would then have to be reminded of every action he's ever, ever done as a father. I say this having once experienced this, so I won't be missing Father's Day this time. You want to help me out? Yeah, that's cool. I don't I don't have a dad. Um, so oh, they don't know how to react yet when you do these I, jokes, Kitty. I get the joke. Deceased. They don't know. It's fine. But yeah. Let's celebrate. Oh, you should make your dad a gift basket. Like a Juneteenth Father's Day gift basket. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me just say this real quick. A gift basket. I'm sorry. That's all we got. 
It's kind of clever. A good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Great day. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Father's Day, Pops. I love you. Yippee Friday. It was a Sunday night and a bottle of wine. Here I am. Wrap it up, quite literally. Bye. You're listening to the KC Morning Show.